Well, hello, good morning, good afternoon, good day to all of you. Welcome to another edition of The Plotting Shed. You're listening to Rachel McCartane. I hope you are all well. Today it is sunny. Hurrah! Um, Although I have to say I am really cheesed off because I thought, you know, it's sunny, it's nice, there's a little breeze blowing outside, I'm going to do an outside broadcast and I'm going to record my podcast sitting in the garden. Unfortunately, I need a better microphone because even with a gentle breeze, it sounds like there's a, a gale going through. So I've had to come back inside to the studio and record it inside. So, but this will be a short podcast because the sun is shining and we haven't seen the sun very often for the last couple of months. I'm going to go back outside and actually I might get in the garden this afternoon. So what's topic are we talking about today? This is really a sort of a follow-on, well not a follow-on, but it's very much part of the ethos of everything that I believe about garden design and what we should be doing in gardens, how we should be changing our habits, how we should be changing our buying habits, and all the small changes that we individually can make that are very simple Um, but collectively have a massive positive benefit to the world at large. What I really wanted to get into today was looking at our perceptions, why our behaviour is geared up a certain way, because if you understand how it has manifested itself, what are the, the, the driving forces that make you behave this way, then you can change those behaviours which sounds all a little bit sort of high-end and a bit psychological, but it it isn't. What I really wanted to talk about was, based on the uh, a post that I've just put on my website, which is plantplots.com, and you can find it at view forward slash the plotting shed, and it's titled, Why the Drive for Perfection is Killing Us. Now, you may think that that's got nothing to do with gardening, and to some extent it, it doesn't, but it does. The way that we are being programmed to behave affects what we do in the home and also in the garden. Over the last four decades, the world has seen a seismic shift in all sorts of ways. We've had the internet, we've had smartphones, that we're more interconnected, we have more instant access to information. In fact, there's a data overload for everybody. But what this has done is that this has, for the first time in human history in the last 40 years, allowed companies to get in touch with us directly in our own homes in the form of advertising. We get it on the television, it's on the internet, it's on the radio, it's on your smartphone, it's everywhere. So we are constantly being bombarded by series of adverts for us to go and buy products. Now, this is not a sort of a diatribe about how I view the capitalist society as being inherently evil. It's got nothing to do with that at all. This is about what that is actually doing. And the image that this constant barrage of adverts is is doing to our collective viewpoint of what the home is and the garden is. We have been inundated with adverts to buy products for various cleaning 
elements of the house. So we have toilet cleaners, we have bathroom cleaners, we have specific chemicals for cleaning tiles or stainless steel. We have chemical, we have cleaners for cleaning windows, for polishing brass, for cleaning all sorts of different things. We have shampoos for our hair, we have shampoos for our carpets. We have different cleaning solutions for the floors and different cleaning solutions if we want to wipe down the walls or the work surfaces. And advertising has used two methods in order to get us to buy their products to keep our houses clean. And the first one is a positive message and the second one is a negative message. Now the positive message that we see is that every time we see these advertisers selling these products for us to have, we see beautiful homes, we see pristinely clean sparkling bathrooms, we see shiny work surfaces and very much the underlying psychology is that if you buy this product you'll have this lovely clean shiny home. This is what you should be striving for, this level of perfection of clean cleanliness and super speedy shine and crystal clear is what we should be driving, striving to achieve. This product will help you do that and therefore you buy the product. And then there's the, the flip side that the other advertising then preys on our fears of the threats to our lifestyle. So we then have the, cl the cleaners that advertise that they're going to kill 99% of all germs and 99% of all harmful bacteria. So that we have this sort of construct in our minds that if we first of all use these products, we will have a beautiful, nice home and that's what everybody should be striving for. And secondly, if we don't use these products, then we are running the risk that we might be allowing threats into our home and it might affect our family lives and make us ill. And to that extent, then we all strive for this perfectly clean house, everything's sanitized, everything's disinfected, we are protecting ourselves. But the problem that this barrage of imagery has had on the collective, shall we say, psychology of the human race, or certainly the Western world, because we're the ones who have been most um, exposed to this level of advertising, is that we have an increasing level of disconnection between us and, and nature. We hear more phrases like, oh, the world outside, the natural world, as though the inference is somehow it's not our world. The natural world is a different one. Or is it that we're not natural because we're not in the natural world? And so the whole sort of psychology is that humans are, are being separated from the world around us. That the threats that are out there in the world, we can push to the boundaries of our own existence and where we live so we can get them out of our homes because these are threats to our well-being and our, and our life. And so we fill our house with lots and lots of chemicals to push away the threats of these invaders. And we use terms like infection and pathogen and disease and illness and germs, all that create this imagery somehow that the world outside is a dangerous place. And the only place we can protect ourselves is in the home by using these products. That in itself creates its own problems, but what it does do also is it spills over 
into the into the garden too. You've all seen them. You know, if we see images for any gardening product out there, it's exactly the same. They use the same techniques. For example, you will have products in the garden and you will only, always only see immaculately perfect gardens. There are perfect plants. There are not any munch holes in sight. If there are flowers, there's no element of disease or there's no mottling or there's nothing that shows that these plants might be slightly ill. Lawns are all perfect and green and beautifully cut and there's not a weed in sight. Now, we are allowed to see certain images of wildlife in these adverts. So bees and butterflies are always shown because why? Well, they're deemed to be good. They're good for our gardens and they enhance our enjoyment of the garden. So these things are allowed in the advertising images. But what they then do is exactly the same as the household chemicals and cleaners and products that we buy is that those elements that are deemed threats to the garden are demonized in some way. We've all seen them, that there we are, the weed that you want to kill is shown as an evil, ugly plant that pops up all over the place and hides in dark corners, ready to run and infect your garden with things, and it must be killed. So here's the spray that will kill all known weed invaders. You can keep your garden sanitised and clean. And the same for the bugs and the pests that we don't want to have in. This will kill 99.9% .9 of all the bugs and, and, and pests. We're keeping them out of our sanitised home and garden environment because that's what the advertising images are showing us that is, is what we're almost now regarding as normal. If every picture you see is of a garden in a certain way, it tells the story that that's how all gardens should be. And so it makes us behave in a way that we might not have behaved in order that we need to get these perfect gardens and use the company's products to do so. So having said that, I hope you can see that a lot of what we're trying to do, both in the house and in the garden, is being driven by the imagery that we have been bombarded with. Now, I'm not saying for one minute that we need to stop cleaning and, and not disinfect certain things, because clearly there are elements of it that are extremely beneficial that we need to do. But just have this as a bit of food for thought. There used to be an advert in, well, it probably still is, in the United Kingdom for toilet cleaner. And the toilet cleaner would be shown being squirted under the rim of the toilet, where under the rim lurked these horrible, grotesque, ugly, nasty, evil germs. And this cleaner would kill and destroy these germs and flush them down the toilet. But you need to think this. How often have you put your hand under the toilet rim and then gone on to go and have something to eat or drink or put your hands in your mouth? We just don't do it. And the fundamental point is germs can't jump. They're not going to leap out of the toilet when you walk into the bathroom. So they're not dangerous where they are. Yet the imagery that we're seeing from the advertising has told us that they are dangerous. And this is the problem that makes me quite 
animated, as I'm sure you can you can gather, but it makes me cross because it drives behaviour the wrong way. Humans aren't separate from the natural world. We are part of it. We're a destructive part of it, but we actually are part of the natural world. Humans themselves contain millions and trillions of bacteria. In fact, without bacteria living inside us and on us, we would die. So when we go and get that cleaning product that says kills 99.9% .9 of all known bacteria, it doesn't take a great leap of intuition to look at it and go, well, what about the bacteria that I've got? Could it be the chemicals and this strive for having the perfect looking lawn, the perfect plants, beautiful flowers that are full and without a single insect munch in them? Could it be that the strive for perfectly sterile, clean homes, devoid of any nasty bacteria, is actually the root cause of the problem for why we are seeing such an increase in the levels of chronic illness across the population? Is it actually the chemicals that we are being told that we need to buy to keep out the bad, chem the bad bugs and bacteria from our houses? It's not the bugs and the bacteria that are causing us the problem. It's the chemicals that we're using to stop them. You know, let's just put things back in perspective. The human race has existed for millions of years. We have lived with these bacteria. We have lived with these pathogens. We have lived with all of the pests and diseases in the garden for millennia. We have survived. It's only in the last 40 or so years that we have found ways to eradicate them from our lives. And surprisingly enough, we have become more ill during that period of time too. Now, I know there is not any necessarily any scientific evidence to prove that there is a direct link. But just because there isn't scientific evidence or no study has been conducted to prove it, does it mean it isn't happening. So all I'm saying is just before you go out into the garden and you think I must have a perfect lawn, I must get rid of the weeds, I must not have anything munching my plants, I've got aphids on my roses. Just think whether that strive for perfection might actually be killing you too. As always, you can find details, and I've put some of the links for where I've got the research uh, for some of the things that I've said in both the post and on this podcast, are on the Plotting Shed blog, and you can find that at plantplots.com forward slash the Plotting Shed. Do have a read. Please let me know what you think. Obviously, this is a little soapbox of mine, but I think in general, with the world where we are right now, I think we need to start to reconsider how we do things, and why we are doing what we are doing. So, thank you very much for listening. You've been listening to Rachel McCartain of The Plotting Shed. As always, you can email me, rachel at plantplots.com. If you would like to 
subscribe or sponsor this podcast, it would be hugely appreciated. You can do that in a link to um, at ko-fi.com forward slash the plotting shed. Any, any donations will be hugely appreciated. Please do get in touch. You can post pictures of your gardens on our Facebook page. You can send me emails, rachel at plantplots.com, questions about your garden. Um, have a look at the website. There are lots of information about all aspects of gardening on there, plus designs you can download and all sorts of other inf interesting information. So thank you very much for listening. I will speak to you all next week. In the meantime, have a lovely, hopefully sunny and dry and happy and healthy week. Bye-bye for now.